It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. are Locked On Giants, your daily New York Giants podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is good, New York Giant fans? This is Patricia Trena, and you are with the Locked On Giants podcast. Welcome to a new week of shows. We are in training camp. So the Giants, as I record this, have completed Four days of practices, five days of camp total, if you would count reporting days. And on today's show, it is a special stock up, stock down edition of training camp. Now, disclaimer, the Giants, again, only four days worth of practices and they weren't in pads. But there are some some things that I've identified for stock up and stock down that we'll get into kind of went outside the box here. So we will get to that in just a moment. But also we are going to talk about some of the transactions that were made over the weekend, because there's a couple in particular that I found very interesting that I want to talk about on today's show. So happy to have you with us here as we start the new week of Locked on Giants. And uh, before we jump into everything, this show is brought to you in part by the Peacock and Williamson Show. NFL analyst Brian Peacock and former NFL scout Matt Williamson host Locked On's Peacock and Williamson every Monday through Friday to give you the national perspective all around the NFL, covering all the latest news and insight on every game, team, and move made. Get your picks, previews, and much more every weekday with the Peacock and Williamson podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. All right. As I mentioned, uh, there's a couple of moves that were made over the weekend that I want to talk about a little bit because I'm very curious to see what comes of these moves. Now, just so you know, before I get into them, it is not uncommon for teams to churn the bottom of the roster, especially, you know, when you have a team like the Giants who in a week or so, they're going to have joint practices against the Browns and then the Patriots. And they want to make sure they have enough healthy bodies at every position to do what they need to get done. So it's not uncommon to churn the bottom of the roster, but there were a couple moves made over the weekend that really caught my eye. And I want to just talk about those a little bit, if I could here on this first segment. The first is the signing of inside linebacker Todd Davis, who made his mark really pretty much with the Denver Broncos. Now, Todd Davis, as I recall, is more of a run stopper, two down run stopper. And that move to me suggests 
that uh, Reggie Raglan, who I think they were planning on competing for that second spot alongside of Blake Martinez, Reggie Raglan is on NFI, the non-football injury list. So it sounds like that Raglan still might be a ways off, but I really like this move with Todd Davis. And the reason for that is the Giants, in losing Dalvin Tomlinson, who was really good against the run, um, they're hoping that, you know, Danny Shelton and B.J. Hill and Austin Johnson, once he gets back on the practice field, that they can fill in and, and kind of plug that hole. But I think, you know, you look at Tay Crowder, who is the incumbent next to Blake Martinez in the base defense at inside linebacker. And Crowder, to me, wasn't quite as stout against the run as he was in pass coverage. I think pass coverage is more or less his strength. So you just wonder if perhaps in the base defense, if Todd Davis can show that he is still stout against the run, if maybe he becomes the quote-unquote starter. And I hate to use that word because in this this offense and defense, just because you start a game doesn't mean that, you know, you're a starter. It just means you're the, you're out there for the first play of the game. It doesn't mean that you're going to be out there for every play of the game. So it's kind of a, a misnomer, I think, when we're talking about the Giants and starters, so to speak. So with, uh, with, with Todd Davis, you know, the Giants run defense wasn't bad last year, but, you know, certainly they're looking to, to get better in all aspects. And I think Davis, you know, just on the film clips that I was able to get hold of, if he plays anything, uh, like he did in Denver, I think the Giants got themselves a steal there. Now, I don't know as of this recording what his contract is, but I kind of see that as a sneaky type of upgrade on the defensive side of the ball. And again, this is not a knock against Tate Crowder, who, like I said, is very good in, in coverage. It's not a knock against Carter Coughlin, who is a guy that I have been, I thought has, has stood out and you know, practice well. This is a matter of adding versatility to a defense that, you know, and I compare this to a Rubik's Cube. There's any number of combinations to solve the Rubik's Cube. And Patrick Graham and Joe Judge and Jason Garrett at their respective units, they like to have options. And my goodness, they've got a lot of options. So Todd Davis just gives Patrick Graham another option, especially against the run, which is his strength. The other move that I thought was interesting was the signing of center Joe Looney, not to be confused with Joe Don Looney. For those of you who are old-timey Giants fans or historians and who remember Joe Don Looney, the 1964 first round draft pick who lasted only 25 days with the team. That's a whole nother story, but um, you can check that out, by the way, on, on GiantsCountry.com. I put a note in there about that on my reflections. But uh, so anyway, the Giants signed Joe Looney, who was previously a center with Dallas. And here's what's so interesting about that transaction. The Giants actually had interest in Joe Looney last year. And I don't know what happened, but, you know, Looney ultimately went back to Dallas and, you know, he had played for Jason Garrett. So Jason Garrett is familiar with him from his time as head coach of Dallas. But I just thought it was interesting because, you know, you look at Nick Gates and you, and you assume that, okay, Gates didn't have a horrible year last year, but you know, were they maybe thinking of moving Gates to guard at some point? 
And maybe, you know, because they couldn't find a valuable center, they, they just plugged gates in there. I wonder, I wonder if a shakeup is coming to where maybe Gates isn't going to be the starting center on opening day, that maybe he's going to get kicked out to guard and one of Will Hernandez and Shane Lemieux is not going to uh, be a starter. They're going to be a rotational guy. So that's something to keep an eye on. I thought that was interesting. But again, let's see what the contract looks like for Joe Looney, because if he's getting a contract on par with what Jonathan Harrison got, and Harrison, by the way, is on the pup list. So um, it could just be a depth signing. It could just be, you know, if Gates is going to be the starting center, they brought in Looney because right now the backup to uh, Gates is, is rookie Brett Hedgie, who is promising, but is still a little bit raw based on the technique work and, and the drills that they've done individually. Um, Hedgie still has some development to do. So Looney, I think is, I think they want him to be a depth signing, but I'm curious to see if ultimately they move gates to guard one of the guard positions, whether it be left guard or right guard. Personally, I would leave gates at center. Why mess with that? But you know, the coaches are always one or two steps ahead of everybody. And sometimes they come up with things that nobody saw coming. And this could conceivably be one of those instances where they've got a surprise in mind for the starting offensive line, which, by the way, I don't have to tell everybody, the offensive line is critical this year. If they are to get Daniel Jones to take that quantum leap, he's going to need pass protection. He's going to need, you know, the running game to have holes opened up for them so that they can pick up the yardage. I mean, that offensive line has got to be on point with its performance. So I am very curious to see if the projected starting offensive line that we have been talking about for months now, which from left to right is Andrew Thomas, Shane Lemieux at left guard, Nick Gates at center, Will Hernandez at right guard, and Matt Parrott at right tackle. Let's see if that indeed is going to be the starting line going forward. Interesting stuff for sure. All right, Giant fans, still to come here on the Locked on Giants podcast, we have our stock up and stock down. So I have four stock up, three stock down, and we're going to cover that in the next two segments. But first, let me tell you about Built Bar. Built Bar is a healthy, low-carb, low-sugar, and high-protein treat that will satisfy your sweet tooth. And by the way, I've been munching on Built Bars at training camp because we have a long stretch of time between uh, when we start in the morning, we start around 9 o'clock, and then uh, we don't finish up till 1 o'clock. So somewhere in between there, it tends to get hungry. So those Built Bars have really saved my bacon. But anyway, uh, they have nine amazing flavors, plus the occasional limited time offering available in nut and nut-free varieties. And when you visit BuiltBar.com, you can get 15% off your first order with the promo code LOCKED15. That's L-O-C-K-E-D-1-5 at BuiltBar.com for 15% off your first order. This is David Harrison of the Locked On Commanders podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Discover. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. All right, Giant fans, you have got Patricia Trainer here on the Locked on Giants podcast. 
And we are now turning to stock up and stock down after the first four practices of training camp, five days total of of camp, four practices in. Now, disclaimer here, the Giants haven't been in pads. We haven't been able to see everything. But that said, I tried to think outside the box here with regards to stock up and stock down topics. And I came up with four stock up and three stock down. And in trying to decide whether or not to just do all the stock up in one segment and stock down in another, I'm going to go back and forth. So I'm going to start with a stock up and I'm going to go with the defense. The Giants defense to me has come out and it's early, but it looks like they are flying around the ball. They are making plays. You you know, you're seeing some different packages, different personnel packages that are really, really intriguing. Um, And what I like about what the defense is doing is they're mixing up, especially in the one-on-one drills. So for example, they're mixing up um, coverages against the receivers. So you don't see, for example, James Bradbury constantly going against Kenny Galladay. You'll see Darnay Holmes sometimes go against him. You'll see Adoree Jackson go against him. You'll even see sometimes Rodarius Williams might get a snap or two against Kenny Williams. So they're really, you know, prescribing to the iron sharpens iron uh, theory that teams like to, you know, they like to lean on. But the thing I also like about the defense is despite the fact that they've been without Blake Martinez, who is their quarterback there at inside linebacker. I've seen some flashes of the pass rush that have been encouraging. I, I think Aziz Ojulari has been, you know, playing with his hair on fire. There's He's been going up against um, Andrew Thomas a few times, and sometimes Thomas gets the better of him, but sometimes I've seen Ojulari get the better of Thomas. And, of course, the two were teammates at one point at the University of Georgia. So I like what I'm seeing from him. Um, a couple of other guys I like. Uh, that I've seen Adoree Jackson is flying all over the place. The safeties, my gosh, Jabril Peppers and Xavier McKinney, they have been all over the place making up plays, breaking up passes, really excited to see what they are doing. And just, again, the way they're being deployed out there by defensive coordinator Patrick Graham, some really interesting looks that, you know, I'm hoping when we get to the Fan Fest they show those looks and we're, we'll be able to describe them in a little bit more detail. If not, you'll you'll certainly see them, I would think, or maybe some of them you'll see during the preseason games. But really some creative stuff coming down from defensive coordinator Patrick Graham on defense, just and not just in the secondary, but across the board. So um, that defense last year finished top tw- in the top 12 overall. The goal, even though they don't want to admit it, But the goal is for them to aim for top 10 or maybe even top five status this year. And you know what? If everybody stays healthy, I think they definitely have what it takes to accomplish that. All right. How about we go to a stock down? And even though he's no longer on the team, I got to give a stock down to Kelvin Benjamin. Now, I don't understand this. Maybe somebody out there who's listening to this can explain to me what was going through Calvin Benjamin's mind, but here's how I see it. This is a guy who's been out of the league for two years. The Giants give him an opportunity to put together fresh film for the other 31 teams to show that he still has something left in the tank. And he comes in, 
the coaches and, and the staff advise him to, you know, drop some weight. And he comes in and reports to training camp three, not only at the same weight he, he was at, but three pounds over. So in other words, no effort was made to lose the weight. And then he turns around and, and in the article with um, New Jersey Advanced Media, he goes and he argues that, well, I've always played at this weight. And, and the one year, you know, I had, I, I nearly had a thousand yards receiving. Okay. But that was what you were, you were five years ago, six years ago, you were younger. I mean, isn't the school of thought that when you get older as an NFL player, you want to take weight off so that you, you know, take some of the, the, uh, you know, the stress off your body? I don't understand that. But see, here's the other thing I don't understand. Joe Judge, as we all know, has been about team. You come in to the Giants organization and you check your ego at the door, you know, so the people that know better you know, who are in charge are going to, you know, have specific ways they want you to do things. And if you don't do them and you want to march to the beat of your own drummer, you're going to get called out. So that's basically what it sounds like happened with Kelvin Benjamin. And kudos to Joe Judge for not taking that because it is about team with him. And that is the one thing that has not changed with Joe Judge. You know, he's made a lot of changes, some of which are noticeable, some of which are subtle, and some of which nobody has even seen yet. But that's the one thing he hasn't changed is that it's about team and he's not going to cater to anyone, regardless of what your draft pick status was, regardless of what your contracts pays you, any of that stuff. And that's how you build a winning team. You can't have the haves and the haves nots. You can't treat guys differently because of who they are or what role they play or anything like that. And that's a mistake that I think giant coaches in the past have you have have done. And I've never understood that. So I, I tip my hat to Joe Judge for staying consistent with his message. And I give a big thumbs down to Kelvin Benjamin for thinking that, you know, he knows what's best. You know, I, I get it. It's his body and everything, and he knows how he feels. But there had to be a reason for the coaches to to ask him to drop weight. And, you know, if Joe Judge is to be believed, and I have no reason not to believe him, he explains why he asked people to do certain things. And if there was a disagreement or if Kelvin Benjamin wasn't sure what was going on, he owed it to, to talk to the coach about it, you know? And the fact that he didn't, the fact that he, you know, took this whole incident and made it a, into a personal attack. Come on, man, grow up. It's really that simple. And, you know, it's unfortunate. And Kelvin Benjamin, I believe, has decided to retire. And, you know, like Joe Judge said, whatever he chooses to do, good luck to him. But uh, I, I just think he he blew a golden opportunity to resume his career and get film out there. Because even if he wasn't going to make the Giants... Nobody else seemed to give him a chance to come in after a two-year layoff and put film together. And it's really, really a shame because that chance was there for him. All right. We have a few more coming up. Let's see. I have three more stock up, two more stock downs. We're going to get to them in the next segment. And I have, again, I'm thinking outside the box here. And I have, I guarantee I have uh, a couple that 
you probably wouldn't even think would make the list. So that is coming up. But first, get all the latest news, odds, info, and sign-up bonuses for all your sporting needs by heading over to Bet Online on your laptop or mobile device. When you open an account and use our special promo code Locked On, you will receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Again, that's code Locked On for your 50% welcome bonus. Terms and conditions apply. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. All right, Giant fans, welcome back to Locked On Giants. And before I continue with the stock up, stock down analysis from the first four practices, just real quick, I want to send a heartfelt thanks out to all of you who listen, those of you who, whether you were, have been with me since day one, or you just recently found the podcast, I want to thank you because I didn't realize this, but Friday was my 1000th show here on the Lachlan Giants podcast. And, you know, I don't know where the time has gone, but I couldn't have made it without you guys and gals listening out there, the support, you know, the fact that you keep listening and participate, send in your questions, your suggestions. And I know, you know, some of you over the years, uh, especially early on when I first started this, sometimes the audio wasn't the greatest. And hopefully the audio has gotten a lot better. I've gotten a better microphone after, it was, you know, consulting with the experts over at Locked On as to what kind of microphone to get. So hopefully the audio has been better. And I've also learned how to better tweak the the engineering end of it. So uh, really trying my best to give you a quality podcast that you can rely on every day. And thank you from the bottom of my heart for participating, for the feedback. Yes, even you naysayers who say my voice is annoying. Sorry, it's the only voice I have and I'm thankful I have it. So sorry, guys. Um, but thank you for, for listening. I appreciate it. All right, let's get back to our stock up and stock down report after the first four days of training camp. Let's go with a stock up. And I am going to go with Carter Coughlin. Now I mentioned the defense in the last segment, but I call out Carter Coughlin because this is a guy who to me has been flying around the field, making plays, uh, and just has flashed and Apparently, I'm not the only one who who thought so, because um, when we were talking with Joe Judge the other day, he was actually asked by someone about Carter Coughlin. Somebody beat me to the punch on him, on that question, and he's noticed it as well. And, you know, the Giants, I think, you know, if I remember, and I don't have Joe Judge's quote in front of me, but he had said that last year the plan was to have Carter Coughlin basically work inside, but because of all the injuries to the outside linebacker spot, they gave him some edge rushing duties, and he did them pretty well, all things considered. Now, this year, you're going to see him probably more inside, but with Coughlin, you see an element of speed, that sideline-to-sideline side range, and he has just been a dynamo against the run. The, he's, the, the instincts have been there. Um, you know, he's not getting fooled as much, as I, as I recall, from uh, – 
the couple of training camp practices I saw last year. So really nice job by Carter Coughlin. I don't know necessarily if he's going to be the starter in the base package, but certainly there's a role for that kid on the team. I, I can't imagine there wouldn't be in some of the sub packages because he's really looked pretty good there. All right, let me go to a stock down. Now, I told you I was going to think outside the box a little bit, and this is going to be an example. Zach Fulton, the offensive guard. Now, it's interesting because when Shane Lemieux was carted off the field with a knee injury, you know, the the thinking was that Zach Fulton, who the Giants signed to be depth at guard, the thinking was he would be the guy. And for some reason, now, I don't know if it's because Fulton has primarily been a right guard for most of his career, or maybe he just hasn't lived up to or or caught up to what the Giants want him to do, or I don't know what it is, but the first guy off the bench has been Kenny Wiggins, who is right now, uh, you know, until Matt Parrott gets back on the field, Kenny Wiggins has been the swing tackle. So... It's really weird, you know, it's like it was a head scratcher. Why wasn't Zach Fulton in there at left guard if that's what he was brought in for, if he was brought in to be, you know, a depth player? I can't imagine the Giants signed him with the intention of just plugging him in at right guard if that was the only place there was an opening. I just can't see that. So, you know, maybe there's more to that. I don't know. And and it's, you know, probably unfair of me to put him in the stock down uh, category since the pads have not gone on and we haven't seen the offensive line perform yet, but something's up there. And I gotta, you know, I, I've got to give him a stock down there until maybe we get to the bottom of it. If we get to the bottom of it, I just thought it was odd. So, all right, stock up. I am going to go with Evan Ingram. Now I know everybody's tired of Evan Ingram, the potential, the promise of potential and whatnot. But here's the thing with Evan. I'm go- I'm going to be fair to Evan. All right. I've made it clear that I like him. That I think he works hard. He's not a he's not you know a slouch. He's not a guy who you know is a wise guy who marches to the beat of his own drum. He does work hard, and I've maintained for the longest time that I don't think he's been properly deployed to the best of his ability. Now, at least so far in camp. I think they're deploying him a little bit better to what he to what fits him. And what fits Evan Ingram really well is not having him block a guy who's 30 pounds or more heavier than him. That's ridiculous. Right? But asking him to run away from the ball and catch the ball in stride, he does that very well. And you know, asking him to, you know, find soft spots in zone coverage, does that very well. And based on what we've seen so far, that's what they've been having him do. And he's been very encouraging. I haven't seen, I think, I think I saw maybe one drop, I want to say. But for the most part, Evan has caught the passes. He has looked good. You know, he looks like he's in excellent shape. And, you know, you could say what you want about him. I know a lot of people, again, are, are fed up with him, but I really hope this year he has a good year. I really, really do because he works at it. He's a good kid. And I think the talent is there. But, you know, to feature him as as the number one tight end, maybe not his strength. You know, that's why they brought in Kyle Rudolph. Kyle Rudolph is going to be the red zone threat and a guy who maybe is going to do more of the blocking, you know, when, when they need 
the uh, the tight end to get a chip, for example, on a DE and then go out into a pass route. That's what Kyle Rudolph does well. And, you know, Evan Ingram, you know, moving him around the formation and, and trying him out in different roles. I think there's something to be had there. And we'll leave it at that um, because the Giants need some creativity. And I think there is something to be had there if they decide to move him around the, the formation. All right, last stock down. This is kind of unfair. I'm almost, you know, reluctant to give you this one, but the offense has looked sloppy at times. And I'm talking the offense as a whole. Now, what the Giants have done the first four practices is they've started with the red zone. And, you know, Daniel Jones at quarterback, Sometimes he's he's looked okay, and sometimes he's just hasn't connected with receivers. And I don't want anybody to panic and say, "Oh my God, the defense is looking awesome. The offense looks like garbage. Here we go again. It's twenty twenty all over again." No, it's not, folks. I, I, I'm pretty confident that that's not the case. The offense is off to a sluggish start. But here's the thing that you have to remember: I'm looking at this and. I don't necessarily know from watching all the plays, which, by the way, sometimes are you know the, the view is obscured a little bit, um, depending on where they are on the field. So I can't see everything, every step of the play like we used to when we were on the sideline. But sometimes it's just you got to give credit to the defense for making a good play on the ball, or for break you know for being in position to break up a pass or whatever the case may be. So. That's why I was a little reluctant to put the offense in the stock down category. But that said, there were some plays where, you know, some series, I should say, red zone series where, you know, Daniel Jones just wasn't connecting with his receivers. And that was a little concerning, especially when the receiver didn't have anybody on top of him to prevent him from making a catch. So I'm going to give them a stock down. You know, I needed to round it out and... I'll give it to them, you know, based on on that observation. All right. How about we wrap it up with a stock up? And again, thinking outside of the box here, I'm going to go with the versatility of this roster. Now, Joe Judge speaks of versatility. A lot of coaches do, but sometimes they just don't find that nice mix of versatility where they have a guy at virtually every position who can do multiple things. And I'm really digging what I see in the defense, you know, with how they are moving guys around, different formations, different assignments. I like what I'm seeing with the use of the receivers and the running backs and those formations. So I think we're going to see some new things this year. At least I'm hoping that will be the case because who knows, maybe for all I know, they're experimenting and they might scrap some of these things that we've seen, but different different roles for these guys. They're basically, they're taking the full spectrum, if you will, of what a guy can do and they're really putting it to use. And it goes back to what I said about you know the defense and the Rubik's Cube and everything like that. There's more than one way to put together a game plan to accomplish what you need to accomplish. And the beauty of what the Giants coaching staff has done so far, and I think what they want to do, is they want to have different ways so that 
For example, if they play Washington one way with a certain plan, the second time they play them, they're going to mix it up. It's not going to be as predictable. And that's the biggest thing. I mean, let's face it. How many times in the past have we watched the Giants, whether it be on offense or defense or whatever, and we've come away saying, oh, my God, they're so predictable. I don't think you're going to be able to say that that much, if at all, this year. And that is a good thing, folks. So really excited to see what they come up with. But I, I like so far what I have seen. And again, the pads will go on on Tuesday. So we'll really get to see what should be closer to real football because hitting and live contact will be allowed. And we'll be able to tell a lot more at that time. All right, Giant fans, that's going to do it for today's show. And by the way, you are listening to this show on a Monday, which means the Giants are back at work after a day off Sunday. So uh, this will be the last day of uh, the acclimation period. The Giants should be in shorts and shells, if I'm not mistaken. So um, we'll see what comes out of that practice. I'll try and have for you on the shows this week, I'll try to have some observations devoting a segment you know, each show on observations, as well as other topics that we'll talk about as we go through the week. So folks, thank you so much for tuning in to the Locked on Giants podcast. Really appreciate it. And again, if you want to drop me a letter for a listener mailbag, right now, I still don't have enough to do a show on a listener mailbag. So make sure you check out the show notes that has our email address. That's LockedOnGiantsPodcast at gmail.com. And drop me a letter if you have a question, whatever, whatever it might be. If I can answer it, I will. And uh, I'll do my best with it. So thank you so much for tuning in. And we will talk to you again tomorrow. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild. Or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On Podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.